Hi guys, it's Rachel and welcome to another episode of the show. I am recording this intro in my closet, old school style, because I'm home today with the kids and in the other room, my son is practicing piano. Him practicing piano is actually a perfect introduction to today's episode because while he is an incredible piano player, truly, he um, is one of those people, kind of reminds me of my older brother, where he can just start playing an instrument and then keep picking at it until all of a sudden he's playing incredible songs by ear. He's in there right now and he's working on this song by Bruno Mars that he loves and it makes me want to cry every time he starts it because I can't believe this kid figured out how to play this song so beautifully. But for the first time ever, he's trying to sing along. And because it's something he's not super familiar with and because it's something he's doing for the first time, every single time he starts to sing, his natural voice gets really small and really quiet and really low because he's nervous. He's feeling unsure and uncertain because he's never done it before. But the thing is, if he sticks with it and he keeps trying again and again, he'll learn to trust himself. And then from a place of trust, he'll grow into having faith in himself. And from a place of faith, he'll gain confidence in the skill he's trying to achieve. See, most people think that confidence is something you're born with, and it's not. Confidence is a skill that you practice again and again and again. It's like a muscle that you work out until it gets better. So in today's episode, I'm sharing a part of a class that I taught recently on confidence. It's not the full enchilada, but since I had recently done an episode on signs that you might be insecure, I thought it was important to follow it up with what you can do if you're feeling uncertain or unsure. What are steps that you can take to begin to grow your confidence and to have more faith in yourself? So this is a class that I taught and I hope the wisdom inside of it is very helpful to you. If you know someone that you think would dig it, I hope you'll pass it along. I'm back out on the road this week visiting Kansas City and next week tour takes me to Cincinnati and Detroit. If you're joining us, I can't wait to see you. If you still haven't gotten your tickets, you can grab them at rachetalklive.com. It's my last tour of the year. It's my last public appearance of the year. I hope that you join us and come and have some fun. This is my class on confidence. Hi. I'm Rachel Hollis, and this is my podcast. I spend so many hours of every single week reading and listening to podcasts and watching YouTube videos and trying to find out as much as I can about the world around me. And that's what we do on this show. We talk about everything, life and how to be an entrepreneur. What happened to dinosaurs? What's the best recipe for fried chicken? What's the best plan for intermittent fasting? What's going on with our inner child? How's therapy working out for you? Whatever it is my guests are into, I want to unpack it so that we can all understand. These are conversations. This is information for the curious. This is the Rachel Hollis Podcast. Starting right at the top, um, I'm going to talk a lot about intention in this process. And for me, that word really means that you're just 
sort of setting a goal for yourself. You're having an idea of why you are here. And I think that's really powerful for each and every one of you. You took time out of your day, you're tuning in, you're watching this, you're taking the time. So just to take a quick moment and ask yourself why. Why do you feel like you need to be more confident? What is an area of your life where you feel like this can be really helpful to you? Even if your intention changes from uh, the beginning of this class to the end, it's still really powerful that you have an intention. So my intention for the time together is that I realized this was a really important topic and I wouldn't be able to get to all of these points in the space of one single tour stop. Tour stop is two hours, it's a two hour show. And anyone who's ever been with me at conference knows I tend to talk for a really long time. It, I'm mean, out of curiosity, any of y'all that I can see on the screen, have any of you ever been to Rise Conference before you raise your hand? Sarah, I see you. iPhone two, I see you, I don't know what your name is, but I see you there. Sherry, I see you. Shannon, I see you, awesome. So if you've been with me at conference before, you know we, we spend a lot of time, we take a deep dive because I feel like there's power and really committing to something for a while. But if I tried to fit all this confidence conversation into a tour stop, we wouldn't have enough time to get to all of our points. So I thought if we could take a deep dive today, then by the time you walk in the door at tour, you've got some new tools and you've got some information and you're coming into the space lit up and ready to go. So that is my intention is I want us to have that power before we ever step into the room. The second thing I want to talk about today is the fact that confidence, please hear me if this is the first thing you write down, like take this note down, confidence is a skill. It is a skill that you can acquire in the same way that you learn to drive a car or type on a keyboard perhaps. Anything that you have taught yourself how to do that you've become better at over time, that's a skill and confidence is the same. I think that when we feel insecure in certain areas and we meet people who are confident, we assume that they have some magical like unicorn power, right? Like we think that there's something about them that they just know more than we do or their life has been easier than ours has, or there's something that they've got. Like, give me a nod, give me like a thumbs up, give me something if you're like, yeah, when I see a woman who's sexy, who's like owning herself, who's doing, I just assume she's got some magical power that I don't have. That is a lie. Confidence is a skill. No baby comes into this world and is like, I got this, like I know all the things. So what I hope you take away from our conversation today is that this is something that you can learn. You can learn. And the reason I know that you can learn this is because of something called situational confidence. Even if you feel super insecure around one area of your life or multiple areas of your life, I guarantee that you have things right now today that you don't even have to think about because you feel so confident doing them. So let me know if that's you. Like it, maybe even you throw it in the chat. Tell me something, say it out loud, think in your head. What is something that you know how to do that you're like, I'm really good at that. Maybe it's being a mom. Maybe you're a really good student. Maybe you're really good at cooking. Maybe you're really good at your morning routine or going to the gym or, taking care of your dog. Like, I don't care what it is. Let's just, what is something right now that you feel super confident about? It was something that you learned. So the example for me that I always think of is speaking on stage as a keynote speaker. When I first, and if you go scroll 
to old, old videos on my YouTube. I keep all my original stuff there. When I first would go stand on a stage in front of people, it would be like 10 people in the audience. Anyone else get freaked out when you have to talk to a crowd of people? Like, I would literally go stand on stage, right. And have you ever done that thing where you're like, oh my God, they can see my hands shaking. Like, anyway, you're like, oh, please don't let them. But you have to hold your notes and then you're like, ah. And it gets so much worse because now you know that they know that you're freaked out. That was me. Every time I went and stood on stage, I would get so scared. I would psych myself out and it would be the worst speech that you've ever seen in your entire life. Fast forward to today, 15 years later, and I would say, knock wood, almost anything could happen while I'm on stage and I will be unfazed by it. You could throw out any topic and I kid you not, I could give a full keynote on anything because so often I've had to stand on that stage. So often I've messed up on that stage and I've had to catch myself. So situational confidence is something that we learn. We learn by doing, we learn by failing, and we learn by standing up and going again. So this can be any area of your life. You can take that same knowledge and you can model the behavior. So what I thought would be really cool is if we actually committed as a group, if you committed as an individual in this time today, one area of your life that you want to have more confidence in. Now, I know we all want confidence in all the things. We want to be confident with money. We want to be confident in our body, in our relationships, as a mother, like whatever it looks like to you, we've all got the things. But when we try and take on a bunch of stuff at one time, nothing gets affected well. So I describe it in Girl Stop Apologizing, like imagine that you're on a big soccer field, guys, and you have 10 soccer balls. And your goal is to get a soccer ball five miles down the road. But every single day, you only have 10 kicks. So you could walk up to each individual soccer ball and you could kick each one 10 times, or you could take one soccer ball and kick it 10 times in a row. Which one is going to get you there faster? Without question, it's when we put our intention, we put our energy and time into one thing. And that is what I think would be really powerful for us as we talk about confidence. So will you all think of one area of your life that if you had confidence in this one area, you feel like the world would just open up. You feel like if you felt more confident with your body, you're, it would just make everything better. If you felt more confident in the workplace, oh, your heart would come alive. If you felt more confident in relationships, like put in the chat real quick, whether you're on camera or not, tell me one area of your life that you really would love to have more confidence and that's what we're gonna break apart today. So that when you leave here, you've got a vision of what you are working on. And I also think just as a side note, in those areas of our life where we do feel insecure, we sort of open ourselves up for people to take advantage. Does that resonate with anybody that you feel like when they're, yeah, I see that. When you had areas of your life or have areas of your life where you're less sure, that what happens is you can look back in time and be like, oh man, I really opened myself up for that person, for that narcissist, for that you know, toxic boss for that friend. So let's dig into it all today. We're gonna start right here at the top. Hopefully you have in your head the area that you would like to gain more confidence in. And I'd love for you to write it down on your notebook, put it across the top, big bold letters. I want to be more confident with fill in the blank. Now, the next thing I want you to do is we are going to create a model 
of behavior. Now, what I mean by this is every single thing in life has a recipe. Every single thing in life has a recipe. If you wanted to learn how to be a mountain climber and you'd never climbed a mountain before, you could do research, you could learn, what is the recipe for me to get from here to the top of the mountain? If you wanted to be a great baker, right? Like if you were like, okay, how can I be the world's greatest baker? There is behavior that you can model. So often people are like, well, I don't, Rach, I don't have the imagination. I don't know where to go. I'm not really sure what to do. You look to other people who have done the thing that you want to do. So right now, whatever you wrote down at the top of your page, whether it was health, finance, relationships, whatever, now I want you to think of someone who you think embodies that behavior. Who is one person, a celebrity, a friend, a sister, someone at work that you're like, man, I wanna be as confident as The Rock is with his body. I wanna be as confident as my sister-in-law is as a mother. I wanna be as confident as my toddler is with their body, like they're just such a free spirit and I want a, that kind of confidence. So uh, give me a wave if you have someone whose behavior you think embodies that confidence. Thank you. Okay, so here's what's really crucial for you to get. It doesn't matter if that person is actually confident. For instance, is The Rock really confident? Or is it possibly insecurity that drives him to work out as hard? I have no idea. He's not my friend yet. Someday I'll let you know, right? For right now, it's just what someone represents to you. It's what is it about that person that makes you believe that they're holding that confidence because those cues are what you are gonna give yourself as behavior examples. So for me, the thing that I chose for this was Sophia Loren. So when I think of body positivity, y'all know who Sophia Loren is. Please, Lord, tell me we, we all, yeah, okay. You never know today, guys. You never know. Some of you are laughing at me, but just absolutely stunning. I just, confident in every way. And I think this a lot, especially about older European women, they just exude this sexiness. And I don't know if y'all have ever been to like a beach in France, in Italy, in any place where you're watching these women. I remember the very first time that I went to a European beach and I was in my mid 20s. So this should have been when my body was like everything that we would want it to be. And I remember being so insecure, like just debilitating, like, oh my gosh, I, you know, you know how you get in a bathing suit sometimes. And I remember going to this beach in Nice and there were women there that had, like, if I was a size eight, these women were like 14, 16, 18. Size doesn't matter, but I just want to give you an example. Gorgeous, Venus, like voluptuous curves, like, I had never seen sexier women in my entire life. They held themselves with such incredible, like just feminine, I don't even know. And I remembered being so awestruck by this because these women had bodies, this was years ago, but these women had bodies that everything in America told me was not how a woman's body was supposed to look. This was like early 2000s. This was when, you know, supermodel, Victoria's Secret, everybody was this big, and I was trying to aspire to be this American version of beauty. Then I go to Europe, and these women are just like, 
holy crap, I wanted to make out with him. I was like, I don't even know. And it was such a trip to me because it was the first time in my life that I ever realized, oh my gosh, confidence has nothing, nothing to do with the way you look. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Debit card users, listen up. You've worked hard for your money. Now it's time to make it work even harder for you. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can get cash back on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Earn on things like gas, groceries, and even that midday latte. And to top it off, there are no fees, period. Yep, that means you won't be charged fees on your checking account. Transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. We are taught to believe that if we could just do enough crunches, if we could just, you know, stop eating those carbs, if we could just have a hot girl summer, if we could just do these things, then suddenly we would have this magical gift inside of us that would make us feel good. And these women were living examples that it didn't matter what you looked like, it mattered what you felt like. So when I was thinking of what's body positivity, sexy, like who do I wish I could emulate? Sophia Loren. So if you've got your model on your paper, the next thing that I want you to do is write down what are characteristics that you perceive about this person, right? So for me, I'll tell you mine just to get, get, give you a little heads up. So when I think of Sophia Loren and the interviews that I've seen, I think of her as being very present in her body. She's there. You know what I mean? She's in there. She's not removing herself from the situation. She's embodying every single part of herself. I think of her as being uh, comfortable in her own skin. She was so gorgeous, and it didn't matter what she was wearing. She just was, like, comfortable with herself. She didn't strike me as someone who paid attention. I put not paying attention to what others were thinking about her. She was concerned with what she was thinking about her. And it seemed to me, obviously I don't know her, didn't know her, but it seemed to me that she wanted to feel good for herself, that she wasn't trying to impress a man and she wasn't trying to impress other women. She really was trying to embody those things for herself. So I'd love for you to take a quick minute as I'm talking and just write down as many things as you can think of. Because again, this isn't who this person really is. This is yourself's perception of their confidence characteristics. So it's really a signal to you about what you perceive confidence is. As you're writing those things down, you can also ask yourself some questions like, how does this person speak? How do they carry themselves? Like, do they speak quietly? Are they sort of meek? Are they loud? Are they articulate? Are they talking really, really, really fast, which is sort of a sign of insecurity because you want to get all your things out because you don't want to take anybody's time? Or are they speaking slowly? 
because to have confidence is to know that you can own the space and own the time inside of the conversation. So these are all physical cues for you. These are all pieces of a recipe that can help you just literally try one thing. You could notice one thing on your list and you could think, uh, I'm going to make something up. Let's say someone wrote down that they really wanted to have more confidence with their physical health journey, right? They really wanted to do something that made them feel stronger. And one of the people they wrote down was um, a bodybuilder at their local gym. And they they just noticed that this dude like always seems so confident and so cool. And one of the things that he does, like this seems stupid, but one of the things that he does is he always wears a backwards hat. And you don't ever flip your ball cap around backwards because that seems silly to you, Right. But even something as simple as that, you challenging yourself in a way that seems silly and doing something, a lot of times confidence comes from doing something and realizing that you don't die. Seriously, like you do a thing and it goes well or it doesn't go well, but either way, you now have the knowledge that you can try that thing and still live through it. See, um, I have I have Q&A for the end. Lots of you sent in questions, and we narrowed it down. One of the questions on here I thought was really profound. I, I just want to read it now because I think it will help us in this conversation. She said, what is the best way to convey to my 25-year-old daughter, whom I'm bringing to Birmingham on September 30th, who struggles with confidence and suffers with situational anxiety, that life is a constant series of days reminding yourself that you've got what it takes. So I saw this question and I highlighted it because I, I don't know if y'all listened to the podcast I did on this topic, but I really do feel like for a younger generation of women, for girls in high school, for girls in middle school, for girls in college, for a lot of us, but it is really getting worse the younger we go, anxiety is becoming debilitating. I don't know, do y'all do y'all feel this? Do you have this in your community of young women or do you feel this in yourselves? I really feel like anxiety is slowly eroding us. It is slowly destroying. And one of the reasons that it's getting so bad is that I really don't know if a younger generation understands this. It's supposed to be challenging. Anything that you are trying to do that is outside your comfort zone is supposed to challenge you. And I think that we're losing that. I think that people are coming up against new challenges and it's scary and it's hard and it makes you feel sick to your stomach and you're not really sure and all of those things. And then the world is telling you, oh, it's you, you're too anxious. You're too anxious, so pull yourself back. You're too anxious, so leave. You're too anxious, so don't push through that barrier. Yes, there are times where anxiety absolutely takes control. But more than anything right now, I do think that we have got to push ourselves to do some stuff that feels hard. It's like working out a muscle, guys. Like the way that a muscle gets stronger is that you actually have to break down the fiber of what's in there. You keep doing something enough and you create strength inside the challenge. It is supposed to be difficult. So I want you to think about some of the things that you can do off that list. You don't have to decide right now, but you hopefully gave yourself a few ideas of stuff that you're like, okay, this person does this thing what if I tried to do that? What if I just pushed myself in one way? I wanna challenge you this week. It's Monday, we're in this thing. What's one thing off that list that you could do this week that you feel a little like, 
I don't know. But if you did it and you got to the other side and you understood that everything was okay, you would give yourself permission to do it again. Now let's dig into four things. So I'm going to break down what you can do to become more confident in that area. But before we jump there, I thought it was really important to establish some sort of overall, I don't want to say rules, just overall ideas that I really feel like are the way to pursue this and still sort of have a centered and grounded sense of self. Back in the day when I first started doing this work, I was younger and dumber and I was just like, go get it, eat the world, like push so hard. I think honestly, because I was so surrounded, all the people in my field were sort of like alpha bros, you know? And I, I, love, a, I love a dude, um, I'm raising a few of them. But for me, the older I get, the more it feels so important that I wanna talk about how you pursue a better version of yourself, but we have to do it in a way that is honoring to ourselves and feels good. Because if you pursue this goal for yourself at the expense of everything else, it's not worth it. You know, like it's this this mentality that says that the end justifies the means. But anyone who's ever drowned inside the hustle culture or pushing too hard or any of that knows that that's not true. So just a few things before we jump into the how that feel like it'll make this process feel better for you. The first thing I really want to encourage you to do is to regularly check in with yourself and your source. So I'm gonna use the word source, but this is God, this is energy, this is universe, this is whatever word makes sense to you. We have people from all over the place on here. We have different cultures, different religions, different beliefs. So use whatever word makes sense to you. But I really feel like before you do anything, before you pursue anything for your life, whatever the goal is, whatever the hope, whatever the dream, that you check in with who is it that you are wanting to be? What is that intention that you set at the beginning of this process, right? Like if you are aligning with something greater than yourself, your creator, whatever you believe that to be, if you are aligning with that, just checking in to make sure that we're still on the right path. The number one question that we got in Q&A for this class, the number one question was how can I pursue confidence without coming across as a bitch? That was the number one question, you guys. And that feels so wild to me because I'm confounded that we believe that in order to be confident, you must be something negative. Why is it that we believe that a confident person is a bad person? There's some sort of twisted ideology we have about what it means to practice confidence. So either the person that you are imagining in your head, the model of confident behavior is not really a great person to be emulating in the first place, or you have an innate fear that if you stand up for yourself, if you hold boundaries in place, if you live into your truth, then other people will think that you are a bad person. Something is twisted in this. And we cannot control the perceptions of other people. But what we can do every single day, and I hope you have this as part of your morning routine, what we can do every single day is check in with ourself and our source to ask if we're aligned in the right way. If you are coming from a place of love, 
if you're coming from a place of kindness, if you're coming from a place of gratitude, if you're coming and grounded in these good things, then you won't care about the perception of some random person at your office because you know what is true. You know that your heart is clear, right? It's when we don't have that check-in, when we sort of run off in the wrong direction. And like, I totally get what this is. I know what it is to actually be insecure, but to try and fake confidence. But then that fake confidence isn't actually grounded in anything real. So it does come across as harsh. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? That you sort of are trying to do this thing and you're like, oh, well, I'm just gonna go out here and I'm gonna act like a badass right now because this is what, and then you end up totally doing it wrong when that actually wasn't your intention because you weren't aligned. So the first thing that I think is so important is just that check-in. This is a daily practice for me. This is something that I do as part of a morning routine to just take a few minutes before my meditation, before my prayer. What is it that I'm here to do? I did it in my bathroom before I came and sat down with you guys. I prayed like, okay, I have this one hour, right, with these people. I'm super freaking lucky to get to be with all of you for one hour. And if I only have one hour, God, like, please let me just say something that helps somebody today. Right? Let me just say one thing that sort of gives someone some courage or gives them an idea or encourages them to go down on a path on their own journey to figure it out. But if I know the intention of my heart, if I know why I'm here doing this work, then if there's someone in this mix who's like, man, I that girl, I hate her hair, I hated her jacket, her couch is stupid, why didn't she, you know, like I I that I get to just release that. I get to let that go because I know why I'm here. And if you know why you're here, then nobody else's perception can affect the work. The second thing that I feel like is really important for confidence is giving yourself the space to succeed. Now, this might seem silly, but this is so tactical and so real for me. I can't pursue anything. I can't feel confident in any area of my life if there are certain things that aren't in place in my house. And I don't know if you guys have this too, but like yesterday, my boyfriend was laughing at me because I was cleaning, I have like glass windows. My front door is glass. And so in the main room, I also have a five and a 10 year old who just, they don't want to use a handle. They want to just open the door with like hands spread as far as I can tell. Maybe a tongue's involved, maybe some feet. I've got a schnauzer. Just to say that that glass front door gets so dirty and I don't, I think we all have this, but there are a handful of things and that glass door is one of them, that if that is covered with fingerprints, I feel like my life is out of control. Almost every morning of my life, I have oatmeal. Seriously, during the winter, having something hot in the morning really makes a big difference in my day. Quaker has been a trusted name in oatmeal for over 145 years, which means they've been milling oats since before the invention of the zipper, the stop sign, or ballpoint pens. Quaker has something for everyone, whether it's old-fashioned or quick oats that are good for cooking or baking. And while a ton of things have changed, the good stuff remains the same. Quaker, getting up to some good since 1877. Look for Quaker Oats at your local grocery store. I am taking my four children away this weekend 
go skiing. And I think if you're a parent like me, you understand how important it is to have a kitchen available to you when you have four kids, which is why Airbnb is always the place that I head to just make the vacation easier. And I have always used Airbnb as a place to stay, whether it was for work or family or a girl's weekend. But more and more, my friends are using Airbnb in a totally different way as a business, as a way to invest in property and earn money for it. While you're away, your home could be an Airbnb. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and it's a great way to earn some extra money. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Guys, no two listeners of the show are exactly alike, which means that no two vacations you take are going to be exactly alike either. And if you're looking for a place that will serve all of you, Texas has a vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activities that allow for an infinite number of different travel experiences. I love Texas so much, I moved my family there for five years. Because here's the deal, Texas has it all. Are you a beach person? We got you. If you love a rugged vacation, not my jam, but there's plenty of campgrounds, hiking trails, and state parks galore. My favorite part about Texas the food. It is the thing I miss the absolute most. Whether you love barbecue or Tex-Mex or just want to be in cities that take their food very seriously. You can enjoy live music, visit internationally recognized art museums, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. Visit TravelTexas.com slash get your own to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash get your own. I know it seems stupid, but there are certain things here that if like I could have some areas of my house be messy and cluttered because the kids are there and whatever. But if my desk is out of control, I feel like I can't do anything. It it tricks my brain into believing that everything's falling apart. For the longest time, it was a manicure. Like I really, I always had to have a manicure or I felt like my life was out of control. Anyone have anything in their life that like, if your car's messy, if something's not in place and other people might think it's silly, but if you know that that is a must for you, then just making sure that you have that in place or that you have help, like, hey, teenager, mommy really is working on a new project and this project is really important. And I know it seems silly, but when shoes are all over the floor, when you just like drop your backpack and drop your shoes right when you walk in the house, it just, it stresses me out. So would you mind just being mindful and taking that to your room? So you're sort of asking for support from your community or yourself to make sure that you have the space to feel confident. I also think that you can think of space as your personal space. One of the simplest things that you can do, and you're welcome to feel like this is vapid, but this is just psychology. How you look affects how you feel. How you look in a given situation 100% affects your confidence. You know this is true. Shout out to any of you who have ever gone to get your hair done and the hairstylist does your hair in a way, Kate's laughing, we all know this, 
You will never be able to replicate how that hairstylist did your hair when you were in the salon, right? Yes, thank you. Carol's like, amen, right? And you leave there and you're like, I am gorgeous. I, where am I going? What am I doing? Who's gonna see this? What's happening, right? You feel more confident when you look more confident. And here's what's so key. Please get this because most people don't. It is not about being a certain aesthetic to others. We feel confident when we look the way we think we should. Also, has any of you, let's go back all the way to high school or middle school or whatever, have you ever had a friend dress you or a friend offer to do your makeup or your hair and then they make you look how they think you should look and you've never you've never hated anything more, but you also don't wanna hurt their feelings. So you're like, okay, I'm about to go out. We're gonna go to the Applebee's and I'm gonna, I'm rocking the, okay, this is what's happening here. This is what we're doing. Because you just, you're like, okay, I don't have the confidence to say that this isn't right. So it's super important that you know what looks good to you. And y'all, it could be one thing. You got one thing in your closet right now. When you put on those jeans, when you put on that ball cap, when you wear those sneakers, when your hair's done, whatever it is, but know what works for you because that is a hack that you can use every single time. Steve Jobs, same outfit every day, right? Look at how many people in the tech space are like, I found my outfit, it's black on black on black. This is what makes me feel good. I don't wanna have to think about it. I'm gonna go and do my work. If you find something that you love, buy it in every color buy in every size, just like get a uniform, do something that you can go back to that's gonna make you feel like you've got it together. The third thing that just sort of overall when it comes to confidence is really, really important. You cannot compare yourself to anyone else. Y'all, if you have hung out with me for a while, you've heard me talk about confidence, you've heard me talk about comparison ad nauseum. These two things cannot exist together. You are not going to be able to feel confident in yourself and your abilities and how you show up in this world if you are comparing your race to her race. If you are comparing like, okay, we're, but we both started at the same time, but like she's a little bit ahead of me and how do I? The second that you start to compare yourself to someone else, you take all your energy away. You take all the momentum away. You rob yourself of everything it is that you are trying to do when you compare your life to hers. And we tend to compare ourselves in the areas that we really want to see improvement, right? So we're like, oh my gosh, I'm the worst mom ever, right? You're feeling insecure in how you're showing up as a parent. And then you go to school drop off and you're like, well, there's a president of the PTA and she's looking cute and she's got that whole outfit on and her hair's done. And I'm over here, not in a bra, wearing pajamas. I look like a wildebeest. So we compare ourselves in the areas that we really want to see improvement. And all it does is rob us of any joy we had in that moment. If for no other reason I want you to almost think of this as like a physical cue you could give yourself. You literally, I used to have my older sister do this, wear a rubber band on her wrist. And when she had a thought of um, comparison, I, I was just like, just snap it. Just like give yourself, you could literally snap your fingers. You could just do something to catch how often you are comparing yourself to someone else. And understand that when you do that, you're giving energy away. We only have so much energy 
in a single day, right? And if you're someone who still has a menstrual cycle, your energy changes over the course of a month. So if you're still having a period, then you know, shout out to my bro, I see you, that you're like, I'm not having a period. Well, someone in your life is, sir. Uh, (laughs) You have a 24-hour cycle. We have a month-long cycle. But what you know, if you are someone who has a lunar cycle in that way, is that you have an even smaller window of time when your energy is at your best. Have you noticed that? You should have a couple of weeks when you're like on fire, ready to take on the world, like you're feeling great, you've got the energy, you've got those things. And then you have other times in the month where your energy isn't as strong. So if you know that that energy gets smaller and smaller and smaller, and you have a a limited window of time when you can be at your absolute best, why would you give away a single ounce of it? You need every single bit of your magic to do this work in the world. You need every single bit of your focus. You need every single bit of your imagination and your ingenuity. And every single time you look at her life or his life, you are giving energy away. So I want you to catch yourself when you go into a place of comparison and just tell yourself, oop, if I do that, I can, you can do this right now, Heather. You can do this right now, Sarah. You can do this right now, Jack. But if you do, just know that you're robbing yourself of the momentum that you need the most. The last thing I wanted to tell you for overall is to come up with an affirmation. I know it sounds cheesy, but it really does work. Your mind is very rarely telling you the truth about what is happening. Your mind is a record of whatever you believe your reality to be in a given moment. What's true is what you believe is true. Uh, Jack and I could go through the exact same experience. Actually, this is very real. If someone was like, you're going to go camping in Joshua Tree, you're going to live in a tent, you're going to poop in a hole in the ground, you're going to filter your own water, you're going to cook food over an open flame. To him, best idea ever. Best thing he can imagine. To me, my worst nightmare. Two people can have the exact same experience and it be totally different things and have totally different meanings. And the same is true for you. Your mind is not always telling you the truth. In fact, your mind is probably telling you whatever it thinks will get you to move in a way that makes it feel most safe. So if that's true, you've got to give yourself new information. You've had a lot of practice feeling insecure about this area of your life. So if you want to feel more confident, then you've got to give yourself something to cling to. And one of the things you can give yourself is an affirmation. So you don't have to do it right now, but come up with a sentence, something powerful and strong that will really help you to anytime you start to feel a certain way or or even just you wake up in the morning and you tell your like, I am confident and sexy and I love my body. I'm making something up. Or I am the most gorgeous woman on this planet. Or I am the hottest man anyone has ever seen. Whatever it is for you, whatever it is for you, no one else has to hear your affirmation. And in fact, when you say it, you should probably at first be like, nah, girl, who do you think you are? And you're just gonna keep doing it over and over and over. It is shocking how much that can quickly become the new voice in your head. But if you've never practiced it, then you don't know. So I would love for you to give yourself an affirmation. And if you're like, Rachel, I don't know how to write an affirmation. When you're done with this, I want you to go on to our old pal Google, and you're gonna say whatever it is you're trying to feel confident in, great affirmation for confidence at work. 
good affirmation for confidence with my body. I promise you the internet is gonna supply you with a thousand options. You can find one that works for you, or you could write down a bunch of them, put them on post-its all over your house, and just begin to say it. Say it to yourself 50 times a day if you have to, but it really does help. Okay, now, six things. So the first thing, I'm gonna say it again, I'm gonna keep saying it over and over and over. As you take on any goal in your life, any goal, set your intention. Set your intention. Like, what is it that you're wanting to do and why do you want to do it? You've gotta know that why. That's what helps us to keep going when it gets hard, when we get knocked to the ground, when we feel discouraged. That why is what is going to propel you forward. So the first thing I want you to do is set your intention. The other thing that I wanna make sure, I made a little note here, is to go through this process as you. We talked in the beginning about modeling behavior, right? So if I think of a sexy woman, I think of Sophia Loren. But I can't be Sophia Loren. She's already taken. Whoever you wrote down on your list, they already exist. I don't want you to try and be the person you wrote down. I want you to use them as a recipe to give you ideas of things that you can try. But ultimately, if you do not pursue this confidence as yourself, it won't be real. It won't settle in. It won't lock into your being. So you've got to pursue this as yourself. Like, I think Sophia Loren is amazing. Sophia Loren, if I think like old school, like tight dresses, like remember those gorgeous dresses she used to wear? They're super tight, cleavage, you could see her hips, whatever die. Like, that's amazing. I don't wear dresses. I'm wearing leggings right now. Like, I live in jeans and a t-shirt. So if I want to be sexy, I have to do my version of that. If I try and be her, I'm always going to feel uncomfortable. So the first thing is to set an intention, but part of that intention is that it's got to be as you. To me, being healthy is really grounded in nutrition. Honestly, what I eat and what my kids eat is super important to how we live our lives. It's why I love a company like Thrive Market because Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and sourcing methods. They restrict hundreds of ingredients across their food and cleaning categories. So when I go online and I use their on-site filters, I can figure out exactly my lifestyle needs and trust that what I'm getting from Thrive Market is what I want to take into my body. When you join Thrive Market, you're also helping a family in need with their one-for-one membership matching program. You join, they give. You can join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash rach for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash rach. Thrivemarket.com slash rach. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. 
Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Okay. The second thing, and this is the answer to actually a lot of questions that we got in the Q&A. People were like, what do I do to feel more confident Like before I walk into a meeting? How can I feel more confident to go into a room of people where I'm unsure? Like, What's a quick hack that I can use? This is it. Your second thing. Research. Research. Read books. Watch YouTube videos, listen to podcasts about your specific topic. Don't just listen, oh, confidence as a blanket statement. Listen to, watch, arm yourself with information about the exact area that you are trying to gain confidence in. Because, y'all, knowledge is one of the greatest powers that we can have to trick ourselves into confidence. If you're sitting in a boardroom, if you're sitting in a big meeting at work and you're watching three people who are super confident and they're talking, you're like, wish I could be like those guys. Like they just seem to know. It's not necessarily that they even know what they're talking about. It's that they're really good at commanding the attention of the room. But if you know for a fact, if you have knowledge, if you have data, if you have information that you know is the right answer, Regardless of how it's presented, you can hold confidence in that knowledge, right? If I'm sitting in a room and I have had this happen multiple times and I'm sitting with people who have big fancy jobs and they're representing all this money or these brands or whatever, and they'll be like, oh, this is what you should do at your conference or your event. This is how you should do it. This is who should be there. This, And I'm like, oh, thank you. Actually, no. If there is one thing I know our crew can do, it's produce a conference where people have life-changing experiences. We know how to do that. We know how to do that because we've been doing it for years, because we've done the research, the data, we've learned information, like that can't be taken away. Your knowledge, the things that you acquire, what you hold in here cannot be taken away from you. And it doesn't matter how confident or strong-willed or overbearing or who your boss is or whatever, if you can fall back on real information that you earned, that is a hack to make you feel more powerful. So the first thing is setting intention. The second thing is doing your research. Everything you can find on this topic. The third thing is to come up with questions to really allow your curiosity to flourish and grow. I don't know about y'all, but when I get into something new, I take a deep dive. I want to know everything there is to know. When I got a green egg, do y'all know what that is? Anyone else smoke meat? <laughs> I'm super cool. Not one. Okay, we got one. Phyllis, thank you. I got one person who knows what I'm talking about. So my kids and I watched the show uh, at the beginning of COVID called The Great American Barbecue Showdown on Netflix. I'm not lying. It's one of the best shows that you can stream right now. You guys, if you like food or cooking, it's so wonderful. That's not the point. The point is, it really made me want to know how to smoke meat. And so I got a green egg. I really got into the process. I learned to brine. It was like a multi-day thing. It was like, y'all don't care. 
but I deeply care about it. And because I deeply cared about the topic, I geeked out. I mean, I could take you in right now and show you the books I've read, the people I follow on Instagram who also smoke meat, the pit masters, the other shows I watch. I really let my curiosity run wild. And I thought of tons of questions that I wanted to understand because again, for me, it comes back to knowledge. The knowledge in the area you're trying to grow in is the key. So I just, whenever you think of a question, like I put it in my phone, oh, I wonder if a dry rub works better than a wet rub on a pork butt, right? So I would just keep these questions and then I would have something to look up and geek out over. And the more you immerse yourself in a topic, the more confident you're going to feel. I promise, I know this sounds nerdy, but I promise it's true. So come up with questions, really allow your curiosity to run wild, which then brings us to the fourth topic, which is talk about it. Talk about this topic. Talk about what you are trying to learn. If you're trying to gain more confidence in finance, find people who will nerd out about personal finance with you. Find people who will talk about health and fitness. Find people, find other women who've gone through a body confidence journey. Follow them on social media. Really glean as much information as you can talk to experts. The reason that this works is because one of the things that is going to be so powerful for you to gain confidence is community. You need to have other people who are confident in this area for you to feel more confident. One of the most powerful things that ever happened to me when it comes to body confidence, well, I can think of two. Number one, one of my best friends, Beans, who if y'all have ever been at conference, you know Beans. One of my best friends, Beans, she's so confident in her body. Like when we first started hanging out and I would be insecure about stuff, she literally would look at me like I was an alien. And not in a mean way, but she just like couldn't understand what the problem was because she's so confident in herself. So without us digging deep, without us unpacking, literally just hanging out with someone who is confident in the way you want to be confident, you start to absorb it like osmosis. The other thing is also true. If you can absorb confidence, you can also absorb insecurity. I hope some of you right now are asking yourself like, wait a minute, oh gosh. I always hang out with my sister and my sister, she's really insecure in this area. So when we get together, we're just feeding each other, right? We're just fanning the flames higher on this insecurity. Doesn't mean that you need to you know, cut off your friends. It does mean that you can be really conscious of trying to pull people into your orbit who have the positivity in this area, who have the confidence that you wanna have. So talk about it with experts, talk about it with others, create community around this, join organizations, join groups where you know the people there will already have the confidence that you're looking for. The fifth thing that I want you to do, and this is a challenge, guys, so I'm gonna like full on challenge you right now to try this. One small challenge for yourself, whatever it is, like you wrote down your area that you're working on, what is one small challenge that you could do this week that would feel a little scary, but that you're just gonna challenge yourself to do this one thing? I told you that one of the things that helped me most with body confidence was having a best friend who was really body confident. The other thing, to be totally honest, was my boyfriend. My boyfriend is very confident in his body and, also European. So just like 
super comfortable being naked. I had never met someone in my life. He's probably like, Rachel, don't tell a bunch of strangers this. But I'd never met someone in my life who was so comfortable being naked. And like when we first started dating, I was like, what? Because I'm a, like super, I'm a little prudish and I little, so, but I was like, be cool, be cool, be cool. You're cool. You're fine. But here I am basically wearing a parka and this like God is over here not wearing clothes. And I, I'm like turning red because it's embarrassing me telling me, tell you guys a story. But I swear that that rubbed off on me. Like I really started to be like, oh, okay, well, what if I don't wear a bra? Oh, shocking. So such a rebel over here. Um, but I just tried little things. And when you try small challenges and realize that you don't die, uh, you try more. And I know it sounds silly, but the amount of you that asked how to have more confidence in your body, the amount of you that asked, Rach, I can't be naked in front of my husband of 20 years. Like, this is a thing, guys. This is a real thing. So I know it seems cheesy or silly or whatever, but maybe that's your challenge. And maybe it's not even about being naked in front of someone else. Maybe it's about you being naked in front of a mirror, which can be huge. I remember having my second son, how long it took me to be able to look at myself naked in a mirror. Does anyone have a understand that? Where you've gone through a body change and you, you're like, I don't even know what this body is and you're afraid of what you'll see so you just don't look. And then it creates this warped perception of this beautiful gift that we have in our body. So maybe the challenge is that. Maybe the challenge is that you walk up to a guy at the bar this weekend or you walk up to a guy at the coffee shop this weekend and you start a conversation and that feels terrified. Maybe the challenge is you're gonna go to dinner by yourself you're going to go to the movies by yourself. Do something that feels like a big deal to you, but you also know that the world will not crumble around you if it doesn't happen. And here's what we're going to do. I want you to think of this like a flow chart. If you try this challenge and you fail, you fail. Whatever it is, maybe you go ask someone out and they're like, not interested, right? Maybe you go do a thing and it goes sideways. If it doesn't work, you're going to take a step back you're gonna ask yourself, how can I do it better next time? And then you're gonna try again, right? We're gonna try. If it doesn't work, we're gonna ask how we can do it better, and then we're gonna try again. That's the goal. Now, if you try and it works, you're gonna take a step back. You're gonna ask, how can I do it better next time? And then you're going to try again. This is how you begin to make progress. This is how you make traction in any area of your life. Whether it works or it doesn't work, you have the same response. How do I do it better? How can I tweak this slightly? How can it feel better for me? How can this process be better for the kids? How can I do this little thing, slightly adjust it and get more space, right? Every single time. If you have the same reaction, whether it works or doesn't work, you will take the fear away from failure. People are not trying, they're like, oh my gosh, what if I do the thing? And then it's uncomfortable. That is the point. It is supposed to be a challenge. There's no way you are still with me. There's no way you are coming to this tour. There's no way you are in this class if you are not trying to work on becoming a better version of yourself. We have got to take away this fear that if we don't get it absolutely perfectly right, then it wasn't worth our time. Nobody cares about the fail. They care about the end result. 
The problem is that too many people quit during the failure and that becomes the legacy. If you want a legacy, if you want a life that's different, you are going to have to push past the discomfort. And that means that you have to be okay with experimentation. You have to be okay if it doesn't go the way that you think it's going to. That's why there's power in having the exact same response, whether it works or doesn't work. The last thing that I want you to do is to have something that represents like sticking a flag in the ground that to you would be like, wow, this thing would be a real sign that I am way more confident than I've ever been. What is that to you? In my brain, I was just like, make it out with someone naked with the lights on. You know what I mean? Don't even laugh, you guys. I know that you know what it is to be like, all right, lights off, under the covers, whatever, because you're just like, please. So what, I mean, if you did that, that would be like flag in the ground. If you have someone who every week at the weekly meeting is such a blowhard and is talking out of their butt and none of the thing, and you know it, but you never say anything. And one time they say something that you know factually because you've done the research and the knowledge and you have the data and you actually confidently speak up and you're like, actually, Brad, just for clarity's sake, this is what the data says. I just want to make sure that we're all aligned on what it, that would be a flag in the ground if you actually spoke up for yourself. If you kept your boundaries in place with your mother-in-law, that would be a flag in the ground. I don't know what your flag in the ground is going to be, but you got to have one. We're going to start small with those small challenges. You're going to go through a series of them. You're going to keep trying stuff. You're going to realize that you actually do not die when the person turns you down for coffee, when you talk to someone and it feels super awkward, when you go into class and you have a conversation with your teacher about believing that your grade should have been better, like whatever it is, you've got your version of those little things, but we wanna add up to a big challenge. Like if I have to put one tag on every single person, every man and woman and child who's come to a conference over the last five years, we're dreamers. We're, we, we see something and, and maybe it's murky, maybe it's cloudy, maybe we're unsure, but we see something more and maybe we have no freaking idea how we're going to get there, but we're just like trying stuff. And, you know, it's the line, like, you may say that I'm a dreamer, but I'm not the only one. We don't have the same dream, but we're all devoted to this idea of wanting something more. So you got to know what it is that you're working towards, even if you have no freaking clue how you're going to get there. In fact, especially if you have no idea how you're going to get there, you don't have to know how you're going to get there in order to be able to move forward. Like, you just got to take that first step. It's Martin Luther King. Like, I have a dream. One of the best quotes that he has is like, you can take a step even if you can't see the whole staircase. Just one step today. But you got to know the direction that you're headed in. You have to have intention behind it. Until I see you again, I love you and I'm rooting for you. The Rachel Hollis Podcast is produced by me, Rachel Hollis. It's edited by Andrew Weller and Jack Noble. Hi, Max. I wanted to share something with you. I wanted to tell you how grateful I am on how you've embraced your sobriety since day one. I'm grateful for how you changed your life. I'm grateful for the love you have for me. I'm grateful for you. Love, Mom. 
If your loved one is still struggling with addiction, you might not feel like you'll ever get to grateful. But we can show you how. At Karen, we've helped families overcome addiction for 70 years. So if your loved one is ready for something different, visit caron.org slash lost. Everything's changing so fast these days, and that's a great thing. I mean, back in my day, we were lucky if we could get one video to load on our desktop computer. But now there's the Xfinity 10G network. That means the fastest internet with faster speeds rolling out every day and internet that can power a house full of devices at once with ultra low lag. So while one person streams a movie from their room, another can play video games in the basement while another TikToks in the kitchen. It's the next generation 10G network only from Xfinity. The future starts now. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and not guaranteed.